one shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. There's ketchup on his polo already, vodka in the Yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down. His group goes so loud, he knows his next move, but his miss freaks him out. He's choking up how everybody's laughing now. The boy's howling, clubs up loud. Snaps back to the left again. Oh, there's a penalty. Oh, reload. Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast with your hosts, Matt Smith and Jerry Lou. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Bomb Squad Podcast Ryder Cup Preview, Preview, Preview Edition. I'm your host of the most, babe, Jerry Lou, and with me, as always, is Matt Smith. Shmi, how you doing, buddy? Very well, sir. Very well. Uh, yeah, not much going on up here. We've got lots of rain. Golf season is winding down, and... Uh, I think there's some golf event this weekend that we're we're going to talk about that should be pretty exciting. I'm excited to talk about that. But uh, before we do, what is new with you, sir? Oh, I've been working a lot. I had uh, some Twitter referrals to somebody else. I had a couple requests come in. I had a friend of mine build me a hybrid, and he left it in my car or my truck. He's like, hey, I built you a hybrid. It was Bones. He's like, I built you a hybrid. Which I he knows how to make clubs like he knows and he plays with me a lot he knows what I I would be good for me never really hit a hybrid before so I decided to take that out to the range abandon after a loop one day and stupid me I just take the hybrid and, and a golf glove and I'm like I'm gonna teach myself how to hit a hybrid here I'm gonna hit this club and I hit ten balls only two of them were above reproach so as I saw Bones this morning uh, he said uh, hey how'd you like that club I'm like oh I hate it I- I'm giving it back to you as soon as I can <laughs> that's what really is- the- it's well, it's a Callaway Epic 3 hybrid, but it's got um, a pretty nice shaft in it. It's pretty heavy, too, on the head end. But it's just like, I, and I know people can scream at me saying, like, oh, just treat it like a this or treat it like a that. It's just like, you know, I hit a 3-iron perfectly good a certain way that it's just like, well, I don't even know if I'd try a 3-wood that way, let alone something that bridges the gap. And, and it's funny because the wife, I've tried to get her to try a hybrid, whether I like it or not, and she hates them. That's why I bought her a 9-wood, and she slugs that perfectly, like, 150, 160 yards. I mean, so... I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what there is to be said about it. I know my swing's kind of janky, but I did have an, uh, the anniversary with the wife uh, on Monday. We're recording on a Wednesday before the Ryder Cup. And on Monday, we went and played Ocean Dunes, not related to the resort whatsoever. <clears throat> and um, yeah, tight little uh, course, very windswept, very small with lots of trees. I mean, it's it was a good time. I actually was hitting the ball pretty decently. Still can't find the center of the club face, but um, I'm getting around. Like the very first hole, I think I... I uh, skanked a six iron off the tee because that's how tight the first hole is. And I was like 130 out, very uphill. And I stuck an eight iron to like five feet. And I'm like, all right, now this is how we, this is how we do. It didn't feel good, but the sucker went straight at the flag. And I knew I picked my yardage correctly. So it's, uh, I tell that's all the golfers I caddy for really, man. It's just like, I haven't hit the center of the club face in a month and a half, but I'm still getting around and like, you know, breaking 85 at least every single time. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with it with me and hybrids, but, uh, what I will say is I've always, always struggled with hybrids. Um, I've well, but, but always, real quick, but real quick, a golfer of your level 
and I'd say probably of all the dozens and dozens of listeners, you're probably in the upper upper cream echelon of uh, of of us golfers in terms of your handicap, your ability. I've seen you play, and I'm not trying to stick the cliches here, but part of me is like, well, if you're a good golfer and you rock like a driver three wood two iron on down, then it's just like, well, then why should you fuck around with a hybrid? I mean. I'm hard pressed to like, I know there's some guys on tour, but I mean, half of those guys who rock a hybrid, I'm pretty sure it's lead taped up to be like a driving iron or something probably, which don't get me started. I'm interested in a driving iron all day. <laughs> yeah. I find a lot of the modern hybrids a little draw happy, a lot of toe or sorry, a lot of heel waiting. Right. Um, but, but just as a delivery, uh, you know, a delivery of the golf club for me, I'm a, I'm pretty shallow with my longer irons. Um, so that, I'm, I'm kind of a picker. So it's, you know, hybrids are more designed for those lies to go down after it. Um, you know, a little bit of a steeper swing. That's just definitely not me. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't. <clears throat> if you have a shallow swing, if you have a shallow swing that you tend to pick the ball more, is that correct? Or like, that's your typical, like how you playing out? Correct. Like uh, uh, I, not a shallow swing, but the club is coming through. Um, not as steep, so at a you know much you more neutral, um, whatever I want to call this attack angle. Okay, see, I gotta send you a video of my swing when I hit like a good eight iron or something, please, because I feel like I'm trying to. I don't know what shallow means exactly, and I think I'm missing misincorporating it so, my, because I certainly dig the hell out of the ball. Like I am a notorious like compressor and divot taker. Oh yeah, so you're definitely you would have a steeper attack angle. Meanwhile, I take very okay. shallow to like zero divot. I'm a picker. That means I'm coming in, okay. you know, parallel to the ground and you're coming in more, you know, yeah. downward trajectory. I was, I was misinterpreting the literal word shallow for something else. And it made, reminds me of Buddy Cooper where I think about his swing. He's kind of got a very, not upright, but it's a very, it's a repetitive swing, very strong. But that guy seems to swing steep he never touches a blade of grass and that ball flies up perfectly every time and i'm just like huh i mean it, it and, and it sounds funny because i'm like well i'm used to hearing like a whoosh with the ground and the and the divot landing and everything like that but it's like he hits it i'm like did you just skull that oh no that's a beautiful nine iron like it just like it just whizzes up there with a nice little cut 140 i mean hmm. so it his club angle might be steep <clears throat> but the club head coming the ball is probably very shallow too so, I try not to watch yeah, him, honestly. He, yeah. he, he's not, he's as good as me, and I never beat him. So I try not to watch his swing ever. So take that, Cooper. You don't even know what a podcast is. You don't know how the wires work. Stick that in your pipe, Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. This is, a, this is the much, uh, yeah, easy over there. Uh, that's, no, that's, that's, uh, that's A-U-G-I-E's best friend. So if I say that word, he pipes up, and he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, well, don't, don't you say it. Play? Yeah, I'm going to try not to say that word. Well, anyways, and so I, I'm, I'm this this is all tangent off a lot of stuff but I mean I understand a lot of us not hitting hybrids well whether we're used to it or not my wife's got a beautifully repetitive swing that like I, I wish she had an 11 wood honestly it's like stuff that just gets the ball in the air easier because she's got a great swing path she just needs to she she's she's lost out of strength so she can't really like hit down the ball with the irons properly or I mean like she used to so mm-hmm. if she tried hybrids like I said and I wound up getting her a, a tailor-made m6 nine wood or like an m5 nine wood or something I think M6, the one that has no moving parts on it. M6. <clears throat> yeah. Got her an M6. It was expensive. Yada, yada, yada. Boy, I wonder, uh, when, my, I wonder when my wedge is going to get here. 
I was actually just going to try to rub some salt in the wound and go, hey, did, did you enter that Callaway contest that I sent you online on Twitter there about a free customized wedge? You won't get it till 2024, but... I didn't, excuse me, I didn't really read into it too much to understand that it said custom wedge, but ultimately between you and my buddy Bones, we were talking about the new, he was waiting, he didn't get the MD5s because he was waiting for the new uh, line of Callaway wedges to come out. So people have been sending me pictures of the new, essentially it's the Jaws, but with a high toe. Mm -hmm. The full base grooves, yeah. I'm so so used to, granted my 64 degree is an old high toe, but I'm so used to all these Jaws MD5 standard all arounds that that's kind of what I got for my 64 degree. It's a 64 degree. I I don't really need a high toe on it that per se. It's cool, but I don't really, it's not something I ever feature. So needless to say, like when everyone's showing me these pictures and busting my balls on Twitter, at Jerry Lou Looper, um... (laughs) I'm trying to ignore all the new models, just be like, nope, I'm still stuck in 2019, folks. These are the wedges I bought. These are the wedges I want, or 2020, whenever they came out. I mean, so hopefully, I mean, I just I just wanted a matching set, Smitty. That's that's ultimately why I didn't get those SM8s, because I was buying off the rack. And given the way my trials and tribulations have been online with purchasing and shopping, I think I might just buy off the goddamn rack from, from here on out. I'll make my once or twice trip to Fiddler's Green, the brick-and-mortar store up in Eugene, Oregon. Great pro shop. I mean, usually I go there in October and get discounted shorts. I mean, so that's right around the corner. And they have a full club fitting there or whatever. I mean, or like uh, like uh, uh, they do grips and shafts or whatever. And it's just a bunch of like 20-year-old kids trying to make it in the industry. And so, But I say the right things when I walk in there. I'm like, hey, I want this wedge. It's already got the shaft in I want. Or no, wait, put that shaft in it. Put this grip on it that I already brought with me and put it to standard length for whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like coming right up. I'm like, thanks, boys. I'm going to go have a hot dog and a soda and wander around the, the bag section or something. I mean... And that's why I picked the the, the MD5s was because like I hate to say it, I found four wedges in the lofts I like in the same bounce with the same finish, and 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 their racks of SM8s just did not offer that. Hell, they had one Bettinardi wedge there that I almost snatched up. I mean, I've heard enough about these a little bit about these wedges and seen the price. I'm curious. Bettinardi wedges, they're they're like 180, 200 bucks a wedge, maybe more. I mean, curious. That's US, so that's like 400 Canadian. I I have heard a little bit about them. Uh, they're not that common, but they, they do, they, it's a very high uh, quality product for sure. The face looks as pretty as a Bettinardi putter face. It almost looks like something like you'd put up on the wall in like a shadow box and not like something you would like want. I don't want to hit a ball on this. Look at that. Look at that milled finish. <laughs> yeah, that would be so bad. Uh, so anyways, um, I mean, you've been playing much golf or doing anything golf wise uh, aside from the weather. Like, like you said, your season, season's winding down yeah so ended up having that uh ontario public championship last week so i had the week off um the the previous weekend was our our what we call the romeo cup so our version of the Ryder cup uh 12 on 12 um men's match play so a uh two-man best ball a two-man scramble and then singles matches on sundays um so our club ended up uh, retaining the cup the Romeo Street Cup for the fourth consecutive year. Is this something um, is too far away? Is this his rival club or? No, so it's it, just in town here. So both golf courses are on the same road. So we call oh, it the Romeo cool. Street Cup. Yeah. So, okay. so it's pretty neat that way. Uh, always, always fun. Always nice and competitive. We squeaked out a 12 and a half to 11 and a half uh, point victory, which was great. Um, but yeah, no, good, good. Uh, good play in there um and then as for the other ontario public championship i think i was like t20 um 
77 81 the 77 had three lost balls off the tee the 81 had the same golf ball being played the entire day oh you sound um, like me man. i'm playing bad what the what the fudge well yeah and this is this is strange for me like the 77 could have easily been 72 i think i missed like eight birdie and par putts within 10 feet i just like hitting hitting the putt that i think is correct for line like hitting my speed yeah, the, hitting my line the wrong newport you were using the wrong newport yeah just nothing no because i was hitting good putts just completely misread everything um same thing cool. the second day uh made one birdie for 36 holes had so many good birdie looks um was hitting wedges and and, and irons great um but yeah just two of those days where it, the scoring looked bad but i i just honestly didn't get anything out of either round and that's gonna happen and um, you know, even though that, the, the score, the, the placing wasn't very positive, um, you know, I was able to take some positive positives out of it. Um, no club tosses, um, no loud profanities. Um, it, you know, I c- kind of kept expectations together. I, I never made any real, like major mental mistakes and for coming off of, three rounds of competitive golf on the weekend i had men's league on tuesday and then into a 36 hole like higher end amateur tournament um it's, it's hard to just keep the mind going and staying sharp for that long and not make kind of those stupid mistakes where they things start getting away from you um so i can take that away and just say you know what i, I maybe i didn't score all that well um it, it definitely looked worse on paper than than what it was and yada 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 good learning experience probably try it again next year depending where it is so so yeah i whatever it, it is what it is but yeah like you said golf season for me definitely winding down uh it gets dark now about uh 7 15 7 30 at the latest and it's a nice clear night and right now uh we're in day 20 of uh 40 days of rain noah's arc style and currently building a boat so hopefully uh hopefully we can float out of this <clears throat> Well, speaking of float out of this, and let's float into the main topic of discussion, the big event that's going on. It's a pretty big event, considering that there are four majors typically every year, and we love breaking those down and even more breaking them down after they happen. Um, But the Ryder Cup is every other year. It's even been delayed twice in my lifetime. Uh, due to uh, extenuating circumstances. Once for 9-11, it was moved from 2001 to 2002. Then we are on the even years. And then now, because of COVID, we are now back to the odd years. <clears throat> even though the website's still calling it the 2020 Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. I, I wonder how much merch out there, Smitty. is like, is that going to be worth anything? Are they just going to not make 2021 gear or something? Like the Olympics in Tokyo, they're like, fuck it. it all the signs are going to say 2020. I'm like, I get it. I get it. Don't waste money. <laughs> That's a good question, actually. I don't think... It'll be fun bar trivia back in the day. Like, if you ever see something, be like, is that a misprint? You're like, mm. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I, I'm actually on the website right now. I Now, it's not going to be worth anything. Let's put it that way. It's a fucking t-shirt or a golf shirt or a, a hat, whatever. Um, but yeah, it does look like everything is still logoed as uh, 2020. So... So yeah, just like the Olympics, you know, these things are sourced years in advance, right? And they're, they're produced years in advance. So, you know, you don't really expect somebody to just toss out that much gear, but uh, yeah, yeah, here's a, here's a, a good tip for our dozens and dozens 
of listeners. If you are shopping for gear, just wait about a week or two after the event and everything on the website's on sale. It's like 50% off polos and hats and everything. They just want to get rid of them before they ship them off to Turks and Caicos or Haiti for all the poor people that it says USA 2020 Ryder Cup champions when really they probably, oh shit, am I giving away my predictions or? Well, it doesn't, no, see, I know the joke you're making with the t-shirts because, hey, listen, those villages in Nicaragua believe the Buffalo Bills are a freaking dynasty in America. Oh, yeah. okay? okay, bud. They so Jim Kelly was a former okay. president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can go a while on that one. That's pretty funny, little. But, little um, did they know. Little, and they think what's his name? Steve Harwood. What was the kicker's name? Oh, Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood. Yep. Which. <laughs> Funny aside, and this it, it's it's mostly visual, but I mean it's it'll be okay for you to listen to or to other people. But uh, you ever watch that show Robot Chicken, or you know what that show is? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've I've never really watched it. It's it's great stoner entertainment. It's all like stop motion animation, and ninety nine percent of it is with all the toys that like people you're in our age we grew up with Legos, GI Joes, Barbies, everything, and they keep the themes pretty similar, but they like throw like very dark twists on them. They're all very funny, but they also do very human things. And one of them was uh with no context whatsoever. Some, they're 13 minute episodes. Some bits are seven minutes long. Some bits are seven seconds long. And they're just like, bam, 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 just like random. And at one point <laughs> there was, they just showed a bunch of guys standing around and this one guy voiced by Ashton Kutcher. They're all standing there. This guy in a football outfit runs by and tries to kick and he just does lands right next to him. <laughs> and Ashton Kutcher just goes, nice kick, Scott Norwood. You fucking jerk. If you get if you get that uh, reference, then yeah, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. So, Smitty, how much you're Canadian? Do you like I the Ryder Cup? I love the Ryder Cup. Um, I am a a you know I don't know if it, it has anything to do with you know me being Canadian. You know, growing up playing a lot of team sports, right? Like hockey um, and hockey, and then a little bit of hockey as well. Um, and then mix and then mixing it with you know Curl. the ultimate yeah curling and and dog sledding um <laughs> but uh oh by the way so i guess this guy up in up in northern northern canada he he built a new igloo right it was like this world-class igloo um so they celebrated he had a bunch of friends over they had a housewarming party for him and, and it melted why did I, I, I th- that reeked a dad joke from like the first three words in? I'm just like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> um, but sorry to, to get back on the rails here. Um, Good job. <laughs> yeah. So, so mixing, you know, uh, obviously a, a big passion of mine, golf with a, in a team sport aspect is pretty cool. Uh, we only get to see it. Uh, sorry. I, I'm in a, I, I, I don't think I need to explain myself, but I, I, we only get to see it about once every two years. Um, the President's Cup is, I still consider it a rookie event. I thought the Solheim Cup was excellent. I enjoyed watching that. Uh, but yeah, I definitely enjoy watching the Ryder Cup. It's, it's, it's unique in that, um, you know, these guys that play as individuals week after week after week after week, they're now playing as a team, sometimes playing the same golf ball. And we all know some of these guys don't play the same golf ball. So uh, that's always a topic conversation uh, but up. it's back up but back I, up you, you got to give some props to the president's cup because there are many many countries out there that don't fall under this umbrella of you're in america or you're in europe and canada yeah. you know, i mean 
not just now, but there are a lot more Canadian names now that I see potentially qualifying for the President's Cup than before. But you can't leave, you're leaving out like Asia, South Africa. I mean, there's, and like, you know, Angel Cabrera, South I was America. just about to say the lone South American, but I mean, yeah, essentially. If he gets out on bail, he can try to attend. Um, he was in the field somewhere. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. Anyway, sorry. Back, um, back to you not having a no, dog yeah. and loving the Ryder Cup. You know, I, I will say that, you know, I, I think maybe the President's Cup will grow on me in the next few years with um, Mike Weir being the captain when it returns to Canada. But uh, shout out Mike Weir. But uh, but yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed watching uh, the, the Ryder Cup. I've never really taken a side. I've always kind of um, stayed the middle and just really enjoyed the golf and, and whatever happens, happens. It, for me, I find it pretty easy to make fun of the Americans when they get slaughtered, when they're favorites or, you know, looking at, I, I can't really think of the last time Europe lost other than Hazel team, but uh, well, there's still some. Moreover, the big problem is, and maybe this is just for my American eyes being in America, we're favored every year last time I checked and it really, really yeah. bugs me. It really yeah. bugs me. Yeah, I, I and 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 what does that boil down to? I think that only boils down to that the the twelve gentlemen that get picked can never come together and and play as a team as a cohesive unit. Um, well, and, America's really bastardized golf. We're the ones who like started like stroke and metal play, which eliminated the whole one on one or like the individual, the true individual aspect. I mean, but it's like it's it's really stroke plays like which. Like thank God bless the PGA Tour, which resides in America mostly. It, it's you versus the field, and whatever the field's shooting. So I mean, it's just, there's a lot of other moving parts that they're accustomed to. I mean, yeah, um, but but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this week. Uh, I think they they can move it to some very very cool venues. In this case, Whistling Straits, which um, I think is going to play entertaining. We'll see how it's set up. Will it favor one side or the other? That's obviously been a huge topic of conversation going into the week. Um, uh, but, but just, I, I'm hoping that the weather's good. I, I, am hoping that it's a, a good show. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to some of the, the younger, um, team members that maybe we don't get to see that much on a, on too regular of a basis, really make an impact. So, um, I think as we talk more about, you know, who's playing here, we can kind of highlight a few of those characters, but uh, I, I would assume as a, as a Yank that uh, you definitely have more skin in the game than I do. Yeah. I mean, it's not even one of those like president's cup. We, we tend to win a lot. So it's like that we treat that as like the JV uh, or like the off offsite tournament to the major, so to speak. But it's, it's always been an interesting endeavor because the first Ryder Cup I ever really watched every shot of was uh, Brookline in 99. And that was a very rousing American comeback and very rousing American style on Sunday. And you guessed it, singles play. I mean, and it was Captain Crenshaw was like doing all sorts of crazy combinations. And then Furyk was on the range as the last player looking at the leaderboard going, whoa, we're, we're up in all our matches. Like, look at that. I mean, it just, it all worked out. But ultimately... The Ryder Cup is something I enjoy very, very much, but I also go into it with a very, very gloomy outlook every single time. And it's for a lot of the obvious that you stated when it comes to like, I mean, well, it can't be stressed enough. It's like team play. It's something that's very, it's very common in all sports, even in America. But when it comes to golf, it's very foreign to us. And I'm not saying that's, it's, this is just my layman uh, amateur opinion. It doesn't seem like that big a fucking deal 
to like play with like uh a, like one of your fellow competitors you guys are co-workers you're both at the peak of your games that's why you're there wouldn't it be fun to like do alternate shot with like you know patrick Re god forbid somebody i mean you know what i'm saying but it's like it just never there's something about like how this is where we just stub our big toes every time and it's it's like borderline predictable now that's why i'm sick of the whole like well let's talk about how much we're favored it's just like no how about we just look forward to it and you we break down the stats and things like that because yeah the rankings are great in terms of the individual players but now when they're all together fuck i mean and then then we had 9 11 and then when we had um i forget where it was but when the Ryder cup resumed in 2002 uh, across the pond like you want to talk about pairings that beat us up Colin Montgomery and Bernard Longer, who both totaled in age easily into the late eighties combined age were destroying us with laser like accuracy, four irons that would stop on a dime a foot from the hole. Like those two old, I don't even know if they were captain's picks. Like those two cats run, ran us up and down the fence. And it was, it, I hate to say it's one of those things where like, I, I almost watched the Ryder cup to catch the American highlights because I'm not going to be too much of a pessimist, but I look at it like, well, I don't really, for lack of a better term, I don't really expect us to have a chance, just given the way history is. I know America has won way more Ryder Cups than Europe, like 26 to 14 last time I checked. But that's really crazy considering America's only winning one and a half a decade, and there's like four or five a decade. I mean, it's just, it's it's rough. I, I, don't, I don't know the years we won because, honestly, they don't stand out as, as points of significance to me, other than Brookline 99 like it, even when he won, when you, you think I'd have those years memorized, I really don't. Cause I'm just kind of like, uh, like what did the euros do wrong that year? I mean, cause it doesn't matter who we throw out there. It's like 99% of the time. They're not going to suck. They're just not going to shine. Yeah. GB and I had, uh, had basically one. Uh, I'm looking at it here now. Um, they won one, two, three. They only won three out of about, I'm looking at this, probably 25 Ryder Cups uh, before the rest of continental Europe was uh, included for the rosters on the European side. But because that was written Sebi Ballesteros was like coming in full sail. I mean, it, it, it's like you, you can't leave out other. I like England versus America. Oh, that's awesome. But I don't know if they could feel, feel the full team, let alone if you're keeping with tradition. Sure, I get it. But it's like, don't be so exclusive. I mean, I, I still feel like the Ryder Cup, goddammit, is pretty exclusive, but it's fine. I mean, even though you got guys like Molinari playing sometimes, and he's, he's Italian, which has, like, Italy has no fingerprint or footprint on the game whatsoever. Admit it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they really, they're, there are a lot of countries. Like, Bulgaria doesn't either. Sorry, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it just there's, like, half of European countries don't have a representation when it comes to the sport of golf. Slovakia does now, though. Well, I was just about to say, who, who's to say where Sabatini's playing next decade, but... Yeah, you never know. Um, I was literally thinking Sabatini right then, being like, hey, he could pop up uh, back in Romania next year. I mean, eh. yeah, but uh, I, I would say, you know, my earlier memories of Ryder Cups, um, 99 was definitely one. Um, obviously, the epic uh, comeback there. Um, earliest ones I, I can remember is, is one of the Belfries, only because of the cool, drivable, like 10th hole, short par four with a creek in front. Um, so that would have been like 93, but that would have been like very, very small at that point. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll, but, I'll see, I watched 99. That was the first one I watched, but in terms of historical deep dives that I've done, and we covered this, uh, this uh, course because it was featured in a major earlier this year, but um, the war by the shore at mm -hmm. Keelor, 
in 91. Yes, 91. That was a pretty, yeah. I, I've seen enough replay and footage over and over. I'm like, that That was a pretty GD cool Ryder Cup. Obviously, he's an American. I mean, clearly. Yeah, and I would say my my favorite Ryder Cup, or I would say the, the one that I was glued to uh, the most was unfortunately for uh the u.s fans out there was uh, medina 2012 you can call it the meltdown at medina you can call it the miracle at medina d- depending which way you're looking at it um but yeah uh i thought that was i i think that'll go down as one of the top three probably uh rider cups of all time just because of the the epic comeback of uh of the european squad coming coming back from down 10-6 on the final day at Medina. Sorry, I was uh, trying to come up with some trivia for you. I can still dig into it later because I don't have his numbers in front of me. But um, because I was just thinking, like, to all these great American uh, players that don't, like, blend well, like 04 when they put Tiger and Phil together, that didn't work, blah, blah, blah. Phil is notorious for appearing, I think, in maybe the most Ryder Cups or whatever, or most matches for any American golfer. But if you look at his record, it's paltry. It's better than Tiger's, but it's not good. I think he's batting, granted, as an average in baseball, would be great, but he's like batting 300 or something. I mean, it's not, for a guy who's played in 100 matches, it's not good. <clears throat> not 100, but like probably 50. My trivia to you is, and it bums me out because I'm, I'm trying to find the stats and for me, so I don't have his record. But do you know who the best American Ryder Cup player is? Um, as like most points won or points percentage. I, well, I never looked at it by points percentage, but this guy, when you look at the numbers, he blows everyone away so much that it's just kind of like, I don't think whatever, don't look it up. I see you. I see you flying around on the internet. Yeah. I'm not looking at the stats or anything. So Mary is, what would you say his approximately first Ryder cup played or will that give it away? What era can you, not necessarily his first Ryder cup was 61, I believe. 61. That doesn't really narrow it down too much. Ooh, um, Three-time I, major winner. No, Hale Irwin's got four majors? No, Hale's, Hale's got, got three. Three U.S. Opens in 74, 79, and 90. Or 91. First one was 71 three-time major winner? U.S. American. I, uh, I want to say... He has, like, he has the record for... U.S. record for career Ryder Cup points. That's that's the statement. Fuck, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. Billy Casper. Ah. I think Billy Casper, I, I don't have it in front of me. I, it's pissing me off because he keeps bringing up the same nothing, but he's got a, he's got a, like, he's like 25, three and eight or something. Like it's, it's amazing. Actually, Smitty. I got a couple of these off here. Uh, first and foremost, Phil Mickelson, most Ryder Cup appearances by an American at 12. Next is Furyk at nine. And then a whole bunch of cats at eight. And it like, and it, the, the list stops. It doesn't show me anymore. So, I mean, Phil Mickelson far and away the longest competitor. Um, but the Billy Casper thing, I apologize. He, he isn't far and away the best uh, Ryder Cup uh, performer in that regard. Maybe it is in percentage, like you said, but he has most points won at 23 and a half, which is, you know, no small potatoes. But right behind him is Arnold Palmer at 23. So Billy Casper only has a half a point lead on Arnold Palmer for all time Ryder Cup points by Americans. Excuse and, me. And then also and so, to boot, uh, Phil Mickelson, the guy I made fun of for not having a very good Ryder Cup record, but being there a lot, 
is only two points off of Casper for having all-time points. Mickelson's at 21 and a half all-time points one. Hmm. And uh, singles points one, you got Palmer, Casper, and Trevino all with seven. Uh, for some points one, you got Watkins, Palmer, Casper at nine. Uh, most four-ball points one, Mickelson, nine. <laughs> and, uh, well, I guess the best point percentage out there. <clears throat> I'm going mean, to say Colin Montgomery is my guess, if that's. Well, the, they're only they're only showing me the top five, and these the person <clears throat> the person in fifth with a seventy nine percent percentage only played in thirteen matches, and that was mm. Sam Snead with a record of 10, tw- tw- 10, 2, and one. But the guy leading that list, who has a one hundred percent win percentage <laughs> in the Ryder Cup, and I think it was more than one, Jimmy Demerit six zero and zero. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll use that one for uh, full comparison. But hey, good for him. Undefeated in the Ryder Cup. Hey, one percentage more than Sam Sneed is one JC Sneed at 80% win percentage. Sam at 79. So wonder how those Thanksgivings went. <clears throat> yeah, and Mickelson has most matches played at 47. So I was close with my I, I said 100 I was screwing around, more like 50. So yeah. Most singles matches, blah blah blah. Phil leads all <laughs> Phil leads all categories in most things played (laughs) and including probably losses well this is a pretty positive website for what they're giving me they're not they're not showing me losses or anything like i remember there was a time back in the day where i found a website that had it very broken down for here's the players and here's their Ryder cup records like just bam just like everyone in a in like a like a like a stat sheet in the paper for baseball i mean Mm -hmm. anyway Anyways, that was a little Billy Casper trivia. Got us off track there for a second. Whoops, I forgot to read time stamp here. We'll just call it 0-2. Okay, so the current Ryder Cup, Whistling Straits. I'm really, I'm really happy that Whistling Straits is getting a lot of, uh, well, I mean, it's not getting a lot of traffic for venues, so to speak, but I mean, it should. It, it really should. It's a dynamite 18-hole track. From all the stuff I'm reading... It sounds like the Americans are flavored because the rough is light and the fairways are wide. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, as if the Europeans don't like playing in good conditions or, or don't know how to, for God's sakes. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, that's just more American media getting me by my short and curlies. But uh, what is, uh, is, I'm looking at right now, the only thing I've pulled up on my phone is just the Ryder Cup teams. There really isn't too much to talk about. I, I have to see how the matches go before I think anything like it, it, like half these names and vis-a-vis who they're playing. I mean, just is like such a boggle that I, I really don't know what to expect. Like I really want to, I, like, I hate to say it, this is like almost like one of those sporting events where it's like, call me when the fourth quarter starts. I mean, cause it's like it, the rest of it's just going to be such a mishmash and a hodgepodge. I mean. Yeah. So, so are you speaking in terms of the golf course or in terms of what you expect to see? Sorry. I guess neither. I realized when I stopped talking, I led you nowhere. Uh, I'm uh, ultimately, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like when, when and why I start paying attention during the competition, because it's like, I, we could talk about matchups. We could talk about these players, but it's honestly, it's like, I don't know how freaking Patrick Cantley is going to do. I, 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 he's always been a, a question mark or an X factor on it in his own regard. I mean, it's uh, do we have the matches out or the pairings out yet? No, so pairings uh, usually are announced. So the first mornings, so Friday mornings, um, pairings are usually announced at the opening ceremonies. And I think that's Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, and, and it's, I don't know if it's, 
a positive or a negative that, you know, the, the pairings are made up with a sealed envelope. So the U S team submits their order of play, the Europeans counter, or, you know, whoever's holding the cup or host, I'm not sure whoever goes first, but regardless, they don't know who they're pairing up against. So it'd be cool to have, you know, some built up grudge matches over the year, say Yarmo Sandlin versus Phil Mickelson or Keegan Bradley versus um, the mechanic. I can't think. Miguel on Hell Jimenez. Thank you. Um, it would be cool if you could kind of pair up these guys that maybe have a little bit. Uh, Rory of, versus of, Reed. Rory versus Reed again. Yeah, something like that. Um, but Granted, uh, most of these players we're talking about are not in this Ryder Cup. <laughs> that, that's correct. Um, but uh, yeah, as for format, uh, things will be announced during the opening ceremonies. Um, and then usually with about an hour left in uh, the morning matches, the second matches get announced so that the captains have a chance to see, okay, who's playing well this morning um, or we've rested these guys, these guys are going to go. So it is very strategic, obviously in, in partners um, in, in the formats, because they're doing two different formats for sure. But uh, it, it is interesting that uh, the closed ballot system more or less, what do you think about the ballot system or I guess the, the pairing system? Because, think, because the the inner or sorry the uh, the president's cup they alternate they go okay we're gonna put this guy out and then the other guy matches it's like a snake draft and then he goes okay I'm gonna put this guy out and the other team matches. Uh, I guess I think I did not really know about this until just now. It makes sense to me that like the night before is when they're gonna announce anything. Obviously, it's the way it normally has been, but I didn't know that was the process per se. I mean, that's. We got a frozen envelope uh, NFL draft situation here, or uh, or was it the NBA? I forget the, the cold envelope. Uh, that was Patch Ewing. Yes, that was NBA. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be good that I did the Knicks. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, all those championships they won. Thank God. Well, hey, who's to say the Guatemalan village? No, never mind. Anyways, uh, <laughs> excuse me as I take a sip of my soda. I'm sure somebody spit in. It's kind of nice. I'm recording with the studio door open tonight. The wife's out of town for a week. Before we go to Sylvie's again, back Ooh, to back. Very again. nice. Again. Yeah. Everyone keeps asking me about the golf. I've already experienced the golf. I guess I'll look forward to the golf more this time, so to speak. Plus we're taking friends this time that are golfers. So it's going to be a nice outing. So, um, very cool. Uh, well, overall, Smitty, what are you, do you have any expectations? I, I don't even know how to like label the word or form the question because I'm kind of like in a malaise right now where it's just kind of like, I just want to watch the Ryder cup. I want to get into it. I don't, there's really, it's taken from this dumbass yank. It's, it's really hard not to like, you know, predict these metal fields, so to speak, or just like when we're talking about individual golfers. I mean, as much as we love the Ryder cup, it's like, it's like Americans like trying to love like uh cricket. I mean, it's, we still don't freaking understand it. I mean, no matter how much you explain it to us. <laughs> Big I would say I would say what I'm expecting this week. I, I'm I'm just hoping more or less for for good golf. Um, I, I think it's impossible to handicap something like this with so many variables, right? You know, an 18-hole stroke play tournament, very few variables. Um, you know, for picking the overall winners, I'm not sure what's harder: picking the overall winner or picking, you know an individual match i have no idea um, how do you bet, how do you bet on this i mean it's it's not like i mean a blowout is very very unlikely i mean I, yeah i i think obviously if you are betting on it you know you're 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 taking stats into play you're you're taking the course into play and and it sounds like the course is going to favor the americans a little bit longer shorter rough um but it, 
you know, according to the one American article I skimmed over. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, it, the golfers have to golf, right? They need to hit good shots. And at the end of the day, um, I'm just expecting, you know, uh, I'm expecting an extremely close Ryder Cup as it as it usually is if it's not a, a blowout of epic proportions by the Euros at the underdog. So either way, it's a cool story. Um, you know, I think Whistling Straits is, is obviously a great venue. Is it a great venue for match play? I don't know. I think we're going to find out. Um, you know, it, it's a very interesting course. It was designed on a perfectly flat piece of Lake Michigan um, uh, shoreline. But now it's just this, I, I don't want to call it Pete Dye's masterpiece, but it's a masterpiece of modern design and the fact mm-hmm. that, um, you know, how much earth was moved to design it. And I know a lot of people will roll their eyes and say, well, it's not a masterpiece if you have to move that much land. But I think given the canvas he was given and what he created, it's very unique. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think the 18th hole is so cool. I really want to see a lot of matches come down to 18. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's like a T-shaped green. It's a massive green. You've got a creek going through. Um, I'm fairly familiar with 18. Okay. My boy DJ got job there over a decade ago. Yeah, that's right. And, and actually that may come into play. Um, I believe I saw a notice go out to all players that all sand on the course this week is being played as, 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 as sand bunkers, as, as what do you, what do you call them now? Sand traps and bunkers, penalty area. but, uh, question penalty area. Question, well, question, Smitty. Uh, you've been to my resort before. Do you mm. think if we would have an event there, they'd pull that jazz? I mean, and they'd say, like, oh, if there's sand under your ball, you have to play it like it's in a penalty area. Um, because I've never no. been to Whistling Streets, but I can only imagine like the reason why they enacted that policy in the first place 12 years ago was because, yeah, there's little bits of sand everywhere, and we may as well just freaking mandate it. Yeah, I. It's a good question. I, I think it's like Bandon has, uh, I'll say this, Bandon has a lot less of these exposed expanses of sand that really don't per se come into play as much as it would at, at Whistling Straits, where literally like you can miss the fairway and you're in this sand mound, mountain sandbox that hasn't been maintained and it's all over the place. Um you know, you're not going to really get that at trails that much. You're not going to get that like at Sheep good, Ranch. Sounds like you had a good caddy who kept you out of all the moon bunkers, baby. Come on. Correct. Um, so that's a good question. Um, I don't know how I would set it up, but I, I think it would just play, you know, play everything as 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 really a waste area unless I, – I, I don't know. I, I think it – I think – just setting that expectation though is, is the proper thing to do, obviously. Right. We don't want to be uh, uh, thinking about it coming down on, on Sunday a la DJ but this, in the 2010 you know, PGA it, championship. But when you mention that, cause it's almost like saying, uh, and I hate to say it's another DJ thing. This is becoming, this is almost as like a joke where it's just like, Oh, Hey DJ, we got you a great Airbnb, but you're staying on the second floor hardwood steps. I mean, it's just like one of those things where it's like, well, so when, when I heard the news, all we all flocked to was the whole DJ thing into 2010. That, that was it. Like we didn't even think about like what was being instituted in terms of like policy. I mean, mm-hmm. in the current times, everyone just went back to the DJ jokes. It's like, Oh, come on. I mean, <laughs> get over it. It was a long time ago. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> 
Well, I can tell you about this matchup that I'd love to see on the American side and talk about a couple fellas that really didn't, if they're, if they're really trying to do something collab- and collaborate about it, they're doing it in the most JV pathetic way, but uh, Brooks and Bryson. Like these yes. guys, they had dinner, they talked things out. We could be collaborating in the future. It's just like part of me is like, you guys are such basement rent level professional wrestlers. Like I could have thought, I, I kind of imagined the whole time, these guys will be friends or these guys got something cooking behind the scenes. Now we didn't really have a peak to any stupid ass rivalry that we were trying to force upon ourselves. And now it's like, now it's just retarded. I mean, it, it, does, it just does, it doesn't add up. It, it doesn't add up to me. Um... Well, the equation sorry, is sorry, 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 sorry. It, it adds up to me as a publicity stunt. It just doesn't feel that. It's not good at it. That genuine. Now, yeah. if I'm Captain Stricker, I'm not playing Bryson in any of the foursomes. So the alternate right. shot. Of course not. Bryson plays his own ball. He's kind of hard to get along with, yada, yada, yada. I Bryson, try it. Bryson would be awesome in a four ball event where, Hey partner, uh, let's say he's paired with looking at the board here, Daniel Berger or Harris English. And they go, oh, and, and like, let's, I believe it's the par five fifth. Um, it's like all crap down the right. And then all crap down the left. And it's like a Z, right. There's like, Bryson can at one point like fly it over like everything. And he had like a wedge in on a 650 yard par five. Meanwhile, every, if, if his partner just goes, okay, I'm going to hit the fairway over to left. He does it. Bryson's then freed up to go, okay, I'm going to try to rip it over everything, make an easy two putt birdie. And that's going to be hard to beat. So I think on a four ball, so a two man best ball, basically, it, I think that's the play, but as a two man alternate shot, I think you have to park Bryson. I, I don't think that's a good recipe unless somebody steps up and says, no, no, no. I really think I could play with them. I really think we could win, um, which I don't really see that happening with the personalities on the U.S. team at the moment. Um, I don't think that's a good play, but uh, there's definitely going to be some some fun pairings that we look at. And, and I think there's going to be some pretty interesting pairings coming out of the European side as well. Um, oh, really? With their with their picks, they went. Their team is pretty tenured. Let's call it. Um, I'll say they they opted for Westwood over some other people. They well, never mind. Go ahead, Smitty. You've got Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, uh, Ian Poulter, and Lee Westwood. Um, I could see this being the final Ryder Cup for Lee Westwood for sure. Excuse Um, me, Westwood was a qualifier. I apologize. He wasn't a captain. I thought he was a captain's pick. uh, Ian Poulter. Poulter, Garcia, and Lowry were the captain's picks. Yeah. Yeah. And Wiesberger, correct? No, Wiesberger was a qualifier. The very last one. Oh, good for him. Um, But But Sergio Garcia, I mean, come on. Does he have like a good Ryder Cup record or something? Is a very strong Ryder Cup record, yes. Uh, I was afraid you were going to say that. I was pretty sure. But he has – so all-time, he's 22, 12, and 7. That's fine by me. Yeah, that is fine by me. And and he's only 4, 4, and 1 in singles. So he's batting 50% in singles. But he's 10, 4, and 3 in foursomes. Yeah, he's – it's weird. He's a good teammate. But, but there embodies the whole, like, 
what us Americans might view somebody and the world might, the golf world might agree upon as like a universal shithead or whatever when he's with his mates and like, and they're playing in their team or whatever. It's like, he's probably a really cool dude. I mean, America loved to hate Seve, but it's just like, yeah, but Seve like got along with everyone and people like Seve. He was just, he was our foil. I mean, exactly. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with some early pairings. Uh, you know, again, the U S team is, is heavily favored. I believe they have nine of the top, 12 ranked golfers in the world so Are you're looking at that now? You're, you're, no we're doing it again <laughs> I, I i'm i'm not trying to troll you i'm trying to curtail expectations oh uh, okay i mean i and the weather forecast looks cool um you know let's just put it this way the pga tour is designed to be in basically a nice nice temperate uh climates at at all times uh the european schedule can get a little dicey those guys can play some uh some pretty dicey weather events so does that play a big factor this week we won't know until we know so there are some definite factors coming into play here but, but like you said with the with the personality matches here we're, we're gonna have some some different stuff but uh you know do i think we're gonna see brooks and bryson together together in a twosome uh i doubt it i i doubt it i i highly doubt it i'd say the chances are are slim to none i'm i'm not gonna say zero because if it happens it happens uh well but that was that was me trolling you <laughs> yeah but but i think what we need to remember too is is brooks kepka is kind of a question mark as well with his with his injury status is he injured is he fully healthy how many matches is he gonna play i don't see him playing more than three I think he would play that would be, one per be day. He'd be hard pressed to play more than one a day. Sure. I, I mean, I, I don't know the extent of his injury, but I'm pretty sure I, I I'm, I'm positive. I'm still on the Brooks Kepka side of things. Like I I'm, I'm, I can't wait for him to tee it up. I mean, I hope he's I, healthy to play a, a ton. I love watching him play. I love his game. I love his swing. Um, I love his demeanor out there. Kind of that fuck you like chip on chip on his shoulder attitude. Um, I think he's only going to play twice. I think he's just going to play one uh, four ball and singles, but I, I could be wrong. But uh, then again, I'm not his uh, medical professional. So we will see. Now, now, Smitty, given what you hopefully know and or may not know <clears throat> about whistling straights, what do you think is going to be the premium tool for a golfer on either side that's going to shine through there is uh, I'm not going to say like where was the hot putter or whatever. I mean, you think it's going to be oh simple as that? Like it's not premium putting, or it's just like it's whoever has the more accuracy with the iron striking, or you think it's just going to be casual momentum off the tee with the drivers or tee hey, shot. I think all other things equal, like driving will have the biggest factor only because there's going to be some lines that people can take to, to greatly reduce, especially in the ultimate shot, right? So if it's a, a long par five or a longer par four, where you've got your longer hitter um, and, and let's just be honest, the American team on average is, is much longer uh, driver distance wise than the Europeans. Um, they're, they're going to have a distinct advantage if they're keeping it in play. Now, uh, <clears throat> I hope you're right, Smitty. I hope you're right because all we're doing is stacking up the case for the Americans. But I'm just kind of like, oh my god, wash, rinse, repeat. Every two years, I just feel like I do this to myself. That's all. Yeah, but but you're right. It, it comes down to execution, and if it's not done properly uh, in match play, I always love to think that the the putter is the most dangerous tool in the bag, um, only because you know you might be 30 feet, they might be 10 feet. 
if you drop in that 30 footer for birdie first before the other person's putting for bird for 10 feet, that 10 footer just got a lot longer. Right. And now I hear a lot of people saying right now, and one of me, I'm one of them, but I have a, a, a rebuttal for it is yeah. But if you're hitting at 300 off the tee and they're hitting at 270, that's an intimidating factor. And part of me is like, no, that, that guy could be better at 160 than I am at 130. It, that, 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 that's what scares me about like anytime I see Bernard longer teed up. Cause it's like, yeah, that guy doesn't hit it very far, but watch out when he gets off the tee. That's when he's dangerous is when he's within 220 yards of the green. Look out. I mean, he, he, he's going to be in reg. I, I think that that quote or that statement that you, you made is, is true. And I think it's true for the amateurs. I don't think it's true for the professionals. They all, they yeah. all know, they know when they're paired up with Dustin Johnson. Okay. I'm going to be they, 40 yards think- behind him all day. So long as they, they can hit it out of their shadow and for tour pros, I like to think uh, if you could like call it like Jordan Spieth numbers, if you can drive the ball after rollout 275, 280, and I'm being kind of on the lower side, you can get around. Yeah. You know, I'm not talking about Jim Fuhrer getting it like 250, 260. That's different. That's Correct. really different. But I mean, ultimately these guys are pros to the point where it's just like, they're not intimidated at all by somebody hitting a big drive. Impossible. If anything, no. they're, they're, they're playing like Ben Hogan style and they're focused the hell in and, and they don't even pay attention to like where your ball is. And, they're, pl- they're playing their own damn game. And, and here's another one. And I, I believe Rory kind of ran into this at the, uh, when he was really struggling with his equipment change, was it, I think that was 16, the 2016 Ryder cup when him and Reed had that match, but going in, he had a couple of uh, faulty showings in, in the partner matches because he was the guy hitting the 310 yard bomb out there. But his wedges were so bad that all of a sudden now the momentum swings in the other side because the U.S. squad had hit one in tight. And now the pressure is now on the guy who drove it farther up to hit one tight. And if you don't execute, well, now that momentum has swung the other way. And that's the magic of match play. See, now you're getting me excited for the Ryder Cup. Not to say I wasn't, but I mean, this is all the stuff that I, I it's situation to situation. It's matchup Absolutely. versus matchup, which we won't find out. It's shot it's, versus shot, which we won't find out until then either. I mean, that's why I, I, that's why my whole point was, I just can't wait to watch it. That is pretty every, much the only thing I can say. Every hole is its own match, right? Every, every hole. Shot is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and that's what makes it so much, you know, you can, when you're playing in singles, you can make an 11 in a PGA tour event. Your week is done. Is the Ryder Cup? Okay, we lost a hole. Is there the, uh, I'm looking it up right now. We got a Ryder Cup app out there that's free. Let's see. Oh, I imagine PGA of America probably. Well, it still says Ryder Cup 2020. Ha ha. Um, Oh, which I already downloaded last year, evidently. (laughs) Or or it might have been from two years ago. And it just, you know, because I literally, the second, like, the master's final round is over. I delete the app. It doesn't take up space on my phone. Sorry. There's no point in that. So, but when I go to redownload, it's like, Oh, would you like to download this again? I'm like, yes, please. Thank you very much. Where's that yes, cloud shooting out the bottom of it. So, but what I'm asking is on the, uh, the official Ryder cup app, do they do coverage? Because I don't have cable at my house, Smitty. And unless I, um, I'm probably going to be working this weekend. So, I mean, I can, I can follow match updates score wise, but I mean, I want to watch. I think everything's on the cock if you want to watch. Um, no, sorry, really? You're kidding sorry. me. Oh, so on the app here, we have, uh, yeah, so how to watch. I, I'm on, not getting that. It's on the Peacock and Golf Channel on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Peacock sucker. I'm looking at all the tabs on the app, and it says home, teams, news, course, and more. If you go to more, and then you scroll how to watch? No, fan experience. How to watch? Yep. 
Uh-huh. Uh, oh, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, wow, good job, NBC. God bless. God bless. So, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take time off of work to go watch the Ryder Cup. I can't do that. I'm going to, I'm going to Sylvie, Smitty. Sylvie's, you got to pay the goats, but you have to pay the people who take the goats around. They take money. The goats take food, Smitty. I got to, I got to make that money, Smitty. Hey, I hear you. I hear you. That's what we're trying to do, man. Well, crap. Well, I got to, as of right now, I don't have any work Saturday, Sunday. That'll change. The wife's out of town, so I'm trying to cram work in, honestly. But I got a 12.50 loop uh, Friday at Bandon for, yeah, okay. I'm not going to share their name publicly. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I think it's Asian. <clears throat> so, I mean, gosh, uh, not to say we're, we're close to wrapping up time, but I mean, uh I, I was I was trying to like bait you a little bit into like is there really anything to dissect and talk about with this Ryder Cup or or is it or are we just gonna like uh, get on my boat where it's just like oh let's just enjoy and wait and see and thanks for listening to the past hour folks that was a, a gigantic waste of your time. I so a couple of things yes um, I do want to throw a couple hypothetical bets out there. Do it. Um, but before we do that, I just want to make a statement on a, on a somewhat of a prediction and. It, it kind of is spurred by uh, Patrick Cantley was asked this week about, you know, the U S team and, and, and Europe's past kind of winning streak more or less. I think this is going to be the Ryder cup that starts to swing the momentum in U S favor for multiple successive years of Ryder cup wins. I, I don't know why. Um, I think it's, I think it's because you know, I was looking at photos of like the 2004 team, the 2016. You had all these guys that basically had no hair. They're all bald. They're all old. And Stricker kind of went with with his. I, I don't want to say gut, but he he went with the data. He went with Berger, right? He went with with Scheffler. He went with Justin Thomas. He went with these guys that are younger, they're proven, they're exciting. And I think that's kind of that moment that they need to spur and say, okay, you guys are the future of the U.S. team, right? You want to prove yourself? This is the time to do it, right? If you want to be a stalwart on teams for years to come, these are the guys you're going to be around. So go out there, get it done. So I think this is, to me, this one screams, it should be a U.S. lock for everything I've said so far about basically the U.S. and the ways they can give away this Ryder Cup. I still believe that they are going to win this Ryder Cup. Well, bully for you. I appreciate that. And uh, so do I. I think we're going to win this Ryder Cup. But I mean, this is definitely of all the things that I am a, a homer in. This is probably the one like mark my words when the Dodgers were losing. Well, when the Dodgers were playing the Astros in the World Series and we lost in game seven. And when we lost the World Series to uh, Boston as well, like I, I not to say I saw it coming, but I was like, I didn't like those matchups. Like this does not look good for us. I mean, needless mm-hmm. to say, the Houston thing. I mean, I like to say even I can pick up Darvish's changeup, and I'm not even in the same like building as him. But uh, ultimately, it's um, this is the one thing that I am. Comp- I am. What's I always get these mixed up. Like the difference between subjective and objective. Like this. Yeah, is the- I, I couldn't explain you the difference either. When it comes to the Ryder Cup, this is the one thing that I feel like I'm just I'm going to always think we're going to win. I'm always going to root for the Americans. 
And even as like a, a, a fan of other sports teams, I still like, if we're going up against a tougher opponent, I will reserve myself a little bit and be like, Oh, we got a tough one guys. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm, let's go out there and do good. But I mean, oh, I, I'm, I got my jets cool just cause we're going up against the big boys, so to speak. I mean, this is kind of like the, like the Olympics for golf, so to speak. I mean, that's kind of like the, like the closest thing we might've had between president's cup, Ryder cup, and then the Olympics. Smitty, are you jerking off right now? What the heck? What's going on over there? What's with your tongue? No, I'm just uh, looking at a few things on Twitter. I'm looking at a few things on Twitter. Hey, that's where I go for my porn. That's why I was asking if you're jerking off. Oh, that's a strange place to go for that. It's completely non-trackable and anonymous. Well, okay, there you go. Porn stars love putting their their crap out there (laughs) for free. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, Smitty, is there anything else... um, I do have a hypothetical bet to throw oh, yeah, you had, out there. You had other hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Tiger Woods make an appearance? Yes. Wow. Okay. We want to throw an, some an appearance. Uh, an some appearance. bomb squad bucks on it. Well, you don't think he won't? You think he won't? I I don't think he'll be there. No, I I, I think don't. He I, shouldn't. I I think like it's a it, it's pointless. But for Tiger Woods to make an appearance, I think uh, hell yeah, that that it kind of makes a little bit of sense to me too. So, uh, will Michael Jordan be there? How often does Jordan attend the Ryder Cups? Like every single one, I think. I thought he mostly like was associated with the ones where he like was close with like Hal Sutton or something, even though he's not Hal Sutton per se. But um, ultimately. I, I, I guess I, I know he's been at some, but I wasn't really paying that close attention. I mean, shoot, I feel like that's a that's a tougher hypothetical, and I just don't have the data or the knowledge to back me up on. If, if you say he's been at every Ryder Cup, then I say, well, hell yeah, pencil him in. I mean, why the heck yeah. not? Interesting. So those are a couple of the fun things that I'm looking forward to, is that are Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan going to make an appearance? I think one of them will. I'm interested to find out who that one will be. I'm interested to see what Michael Jordan is wearing. Touche. Probably some wide ass jeans. I mean, it's probably going to be a mock, a big turtleneck with like with like uh, slacks that have pleats that go on for days. It, it would be kind of funny to see a couple of goats out there in the pasture with all the sheep at Whistling Straits, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be. <laughs> throw Tom, throw, if it wasn't football season, throw Tom Brady in the mix. I mean, why? Why yeah. the hell not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't he's think he's going to make. An I saw appearance. him on TV. I did too. He's he's been he's played more rounds of golf on TV than I have. And Tony Romo endorses Skechers. Skechers or squares? No, no, Skechers. No, Faldo's the square shoe. Which, by the way, those things look ugly. But if there's technology involved in a shoe, I'm willing to try it. If somebody gives me a free pair, hey, guaranteed ten extra yards. Next week's episode brought to you by Squares. That's right, folks. Last time I was talking to y'all, we were talking about floor shop shoes. They, you, you got, when you get off balance in your swing, you're swinging like Elvis too much. Next thing you know, you're rolling all over your tootsies. And, and if you had a square toe, like, hey, like those cowboy boots used to have, sometimes down at Albuquerque. Anyway, you, you wear the square toe shoe. You don't fall over. You're a better golfer already. Endorsed by six-time major champion, Nicholas, Sir Nicholas Faldo. Hey, Smitty, you'd wear those shoes. I know you would. No, no. You wear wear the New Balances that I refuse to wear that I wore for work and then strictly with the whites because 
Those, those, you know what I'm talking about. Those uh, yeah, white people. Why do you refuse to wear them? Well, because I made the mistake of the first time I put them on was with a pair of slacks and they looked awful. Oh, yeah. You never wear new. That's like, yeah, I know. I look like I was wearing scrubs and I was working at a nursing home. I mean, that's exactly those shoes were gargantuan. <laughs> I can't help you with that, man. You're a smaller man than me and you rock those puppies. I mean, Jesus. Shorts only, dude. Shorts only. But still, you got pontoons down there at the bottom. Those those shoes are puffy, man. <laughs> but they're so comfy. They're so, oh, hey. so comfy. That's why I wear them with the whites at work because, you know, it's all billowy and flowing. And, oh, and, yeah. then, and then that's when people go, hey, sweet kicks. Because I'm like, yeah, this is the only thing I can wear them with. <laughs> I know Jason Bruno isn't listening, but uh, thank you, Jason, for the free shoes. And uh, and as soon as you gave them to me, I wore them at work strictly. And they paid off very well this season. So mm-hmm. That's what we call a win-win. Indeed. <sighs> Well, if I have a hypothetical to throw out to you, Smitty, um, my uh, my improv skills aren't very sharp, and I'm just stalling right now trying to come up with one. But I don't know if well, who who do you think? We didn't really talk about the Europeans too much, and I apologize. But I mean, it's I remember when you were talking about like the the lineups when they were announcing them, and I was just, or when we were trying to predict who they're going to pick. I was just kind of like, man, talk about stale. Like the top twenty golfers on both sides, fucking whatever. And maybe mm-hmm. some outlier like a Max Homa at 45 would have been like a eh, consideration, not recent win, notwithstanding. But who do you think, just because we're going to focus, focus on our North American side of the globe here, who do you think is going to be the best performer for the Americans win, lose, or draw team-wise? Who's going to be the best individual golfer for America this weekend? We got a lot of great on there. I'm just saying Tony Finau. Mm, captain's pick Tony Finau. The last time I had captain's pick, best clam chowder in the state of Seattle. I mean, state of Washington. I mean, yeah, Tony Finau has all the trimmings, but so does also Shoffley and Spieth right there. I mean, to be like, like I'm happy. Sh- Spieth Shoffley's, yeah, Shoffley's been playing well. Spieth, Spieth. I just think Tony is so consistently solid. This golf course sets up for him well. He's coming off a win. He's coming off some great, like he, he's. He's basically peaked. He's in peak paper tiger form right now. And we can shed that moniker because remember he won a tournament. He's officially a winner and um, which puts him in the normal airline club. Eventually he'll get to the diamond club, but now he's allowed to board the plane and get through security hassle free. He's a, he's a, he's a TSA pre-check right now, but ultimately um, I, I completely forgot. I, I, I got, you're absolutely right about Fina. I'm starting to think about him in that course. And that's a really great marriage. I can't. I, I can't believe I, I I waited till this long to mention my new golden boy favorite, and in his first Ryder Cup ever, of course he's gonna shine and he's gonna play in every match. One Colin Morikawa. Oh, that's come an on. interesting take. That's an interesting yeah. take. Why not? This is. I, I told you. I even screenshotted the text I sent to the the wife about um about Colin Morikawa when he won the Open Championship. I'm, I just looked at all not all the numbers. I was just like all the achievements this young man has accomplished. And I said, mm-hmm. I did, I missed the boat on a lot of people. Like I missed the Tiger Woods boat. That's why I didn't really actively root for him is because I was like, well, if I, I didn't get out on the ground floor and I could have, I didn't, I just enjoyed the golf. Colin Morikawa has only played in seven goddamn majors and he has already won me over. And I can't really say that about anyone else. I didn't even do that about Spieth seven years ago. I mean, and, and, and we all had every right to, most of us did. But yeah, Colin Morikawa's other- first Ryder Cup, that guy had, plays so roundly, solidly, put him at Whistling Straits, let's go. The only thing I'm worried about is his current form. 
right? And I don't think the golf course is is very tailored to his specific game, but but we What's shall see. Game, he's well rounded. Like he's a he's like a he's like Jacoby Ellsbury. He's a a, a pure four tool player rolling out of the uh, the box right away. I think he's going to be the Lexi Thompson of this year's U.S. Ryder Cup, where going to have a shit ton of six to eight footers and not hit the hole and completely oh. frustrate his partner. Okay, see, I know exactly what you mean. I was kind of trying to ignore that sentiment that was brewing in my head. That is the only thing that worries me about him. But I remember the last time I remember him being a shaky putter, his stats got a little bit better or a lot better real quick. I mean, mm-hmm. he got better. I mean, the second I say someone sucks at putting, they start doing better. So, I mean, come on, Hideki. Get it together. Yeah. Yeah. So well, he won a guest after we said he had no shot. <laughs> Remember that? That's also true. Yeah. You we, were can't both, win. we were both on the record of that. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> you cannot win Augusta with it being that poor of a putter, but you can win Augusta hitting the ball pure as shit. True. Yeah. I mean, I've, you're talking to a man who was shot 80 at Bandon Dunes in heavy winds with 40 putts. Mm-hmm. Mind you, a uh, 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 little precedent here. I was trying a new putter. Uh, it was a blade that was face balance, I, uh, an old ping answer five that I thought, oh, this will be perfect. And on the very first green, when I was lining up a two footer for my three putt bogey, I already, I just had a feeling I'm like, this is going to be a bad day. And I missed that two footer. I'm like, yep, 40 putts, 80 strokes. I was on every par five and two, three putted most of the greens, obviously, 40 putts, 80 strokes. It was the week after Shane Lowry won the British Open because I remember Cupcake was playing with me and he kept bitching about jet lag because he went over there to watch. But anyways, um, I, uh, I, I, the, the, the reason why, I mean, I like Morikawa's more everything. And then when it comes to, like matching up his game to a course, I mean, this is a very big tricky course to a certain regard, but he just has like the, the best, like most average approach where it's just kind of like, he, he's like that rookie in baseball who's just kind of like, all right, I'm figuring things out. I'm just going to hit for 270 this year but I'm going to keep figuring things out next year. It's going to be 280 and then 290 and then 300. And next thing you know, he's an MVP and he's already like mm-hmm. winning awards right now. So, I mean, Morikawa, baby, the golden boy. Mm-hmm. Smitty, it can is, happen. There anything, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything we missed? I'm sure there's lots of stuff we missed, but um, we need to wrap this up here. We had a little poop break and we're running a little over. Yeah. Uh, I'm content with what we've shared tonight. I'm, you know, being positive, looking forward to a, and a nice, entertaining weekend of Ryder Cup golf and maybe some drama. Who knows? Who could it be now? And we'll could do. It, could it be off. Finau? And I had to cut you off. <laughs> I'm not letting that happen. Damn it. I'm trying to save you from jumping in the water. You don't know how to swim sometimes. <laughs> like, Mom, look what I can do. <laughs> Well, listen, we'll we'll absolutely do our best to mix it up with you all on Twitter because that's been our best platform for communication. Nay, our only platform because it's the only one I use, uh, whoever that creep is in Rifle, Colorado, who stole my Facebook account and everything attached to it. Goodbye, Instagram. Goodbye, LinkedIn, even though I didn't use those very often. But uh, I am on the Twitter machine at Jerry Lou Looper. The Twitter, uh, I think Ty runs the Twitter for the podcast at Bomb Squad Golf Co. Smitty, where can people find you? They can find me at Bomb Squad Matt on the Twitter machine. Or at a local umbrella store near you in Ontario, Canada. Actually, it's true. <laughs> I do need a new umbrella. I have discovered that today. I'll uh, I'll uh, send you my rain gear because right. we had a rainstorm recently and my guys canceled that round. I mean, I've not worked in the rain once this year. We've had like three days of like legit rain 
this calendar year in this area, and I haven't worked on one of them. Hmm. It's uh, like as of right now, it, it's getting a little cooler outside. But where I live, a little inland, I was going to check this: the temperature, which will be in Fahrenheit, because mm-hmm. I, I could have been golfing tonight. But now, nah, now, nah, I guess I'll just do men's league tomorrow night. See what happens. But uh, well, it says it was uh, 64 degrees right now, and the sun's setting. I mean, it was up to 75 degrees, and for us, that's any warmer. And it's like, whoa, we're starting to sweat here because. We're living between 40, 40 degrees and 75 degrees where I live. So Yeah, we, we're currently at 52, a high of 61 today and about four inches over the last 24 hours. So Four inches of rain? Oh, yeah. In the last 24 hours? Yeah. Is rain that much very typical for you guys or is this something certain like freakish? No, it, it, it's a lot. We haven't had a very rainy summer, but this is a lot for us. Because where I live here, they we uh, we had a recent rainstorm. It was this last Saturday, and everyone got hit. Like I was heading to work in my <laughs> the sorry folks, you'll have to listen for a minute longer. My assistant director called me halfway there. He's just like, "Hey, Jerry, turn around." They vouchered out, and I'm just like, "Oh, good thing you got me in a good cell phone spot." Just turned around, went home, text the wife saying, "Hey, uh, I got the day off today," and she was playing in the golf tournament at the crossings that I was supposed to be a part of, and they found a substitute. And she's like, "Hey, you still want to play in the tournament?" I'm like, "Hell no! The weather's gonna be bad." And even yeah. here where I live and even on the coast, it was like every five minutes, it was either a torrential downpour and then sunshine then clouds <laughs> and a torrential downpour. It was just like, just getting like hitting the nuts over and over and over. But then I heard up in Eugene that same day, they got 1.4 inches of rain in Eugene, Oregon, the very South end of the Willamette Valley, very big rain belt. And it was a record rainfall for 24 hours at 1.48 inches. I, I feel like I've witnessed that a hundred times in my life in my, with my own eyeballs outside my window here in this town. And we have the exact same climate as Eugene. So I, I don't understand that. And you say you got four inches. I mean, that sounds like, that sounds like a record day for us around here. I mean, that's like, yeah, four inches. That's something. I mean, are you talking about for your girlfriend? It's listen, look, Fahrenheit is different than flaccid. Okay. It's the (laughs) F and the F are two different things. Okay. And what's that joke yeah. that said? Like, uh, like the wife said, give me, give me 12 inches and make me hurt. And they, so I, 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 I humped her three times and punched her in the face. <laughs> I've never heard it that way. I've heard the well, wife. I, oh, the girlfriend wanted eight bit, inches. Yeah. So I, so I gave it to her twice. Okay. See, I fucked it up. That's the joke. No, yeah. I like, I like yours. That's way better. I like that one. That's a good one. I like that. Oh, you didn't, um, no, you weren't used to the make it hurt part. So it's like, oh yeah. So I I I I, I thrust in twice and punched her in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Not that I that condone a, that. But if she has a terrible, it, yeah. she's she's into a lot of stuff. Or oh, they 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 because that's what she said. It's that's what they said, and they are into a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> All right, this has gone off the rails. Officially the off the rails. And back onto some other rails. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you sticking around uh, this long with us, folks. Um, again, if you uh, need, uh, if you found a bomb and you've been listening to this whole podcast this whole time, thinking you were going to get some help or assistance, seriously, <laughs> hang up and call the cops, your local authorities. Clearly, we were we were no help. <laughs> and if it's ticking, it's not a real bomb. Okay, there, that's not a modern bomb. <laughs> Good to know. It's not cartoonish, Smitty. So, anyways, on behalf of Matt Smitty Smith and Jerry Lou. This has been the Bomb Squad Podcast. Peace out and bombs away.